Welcome back to another episode of Season 5 of the RAG Podcast. As you guys know by now, this is the number one podcast across the recruitment sector globally. And we've always been on a mission to help recruitment agencies grow by interviewing founders and telling their stories of success from startup all the way to scale up and exit. Well, this season, we're a little bit different. How do you, as a recruitment leader and founder, maintain your family and friendships whilst being the best person at work? How do you stay physically fit mentally and emotionally? And how do you find time for yourself in the madness? How do you find time for self-interest, for hobbies and self-improvement? Well, to help you with this, I'm going to be interviewing someone every single week that can demonstrate experience in one or more of these areas. So I'm going to talk to recruitment founders and also some experts from outside the industry who can deep dive into things like relationships and health and well-being. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy today's show. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode. On today's episode, I, uh, I'm super excited to be joined by Jez Hurd. Now, Jez is the 24-year-old founder of a company called Scale Genesis, a specialist recruitment firm headhunting people across the world, mainly in the US and Europe, in the blockchain and cryptocurrency markets. Now, Jez was introduced to me in January, and as a result, I've been working with him on his personal brand and now working with his team um, to elevate such a new agency globally. And as a result of that, he's had a phenomenal um, result. He's hired all of his team. So he's got five, six people now, including himself, all come from his social media. And he's done at least five or six deals with an average value of £20,000. So he's looking at, you know, all the rec to rec fees he saved plus the deal values. Um, all at the age of 24, he's, he only did, he did less than a year's experience in recruitment before he started his agency. He's a young lad from South Wales. He's got mad levels of energy. He, you can tell, like, he, he admits he's a bit all over the place, but when he gets his head down, he works so hard. He clearly, he's done like half a million pounds worth of deals already since November when he started. Um, and I mean, going into the pandemic, he was a personal trainer. So he's moved so fast. For anyone who's interested in listening to a really recent and current founder, someone who's doing it in the last six months, who's having an amazing return on the investment of taking the plunge to start an agency and doing it in a modern way, such as, you know, a lot of the BD does is through email marketing, but being really research driven, plus his personal brand is generating loads of work. Then anyone interested in that kind of recruitment needs to listen to this episode. You know, he's funny. He's, he's, he's got a real swag about him and he's obviously doing something right. So without further ado, Jez, welcome to the RAG podcast. Thanks for having me, Sean. Not a problem, mate. I've been, it's been, it's been one I've been looking forward to. I'm just putting uh, I was putting my phone on flight mode. This is what happens in, in modern day podcasting. You get called <laughs> and then it ruins the whole thing. So, yeah, you. I've been looking forward to interviewing you for a while because we met, must have been January time. And then I've watched, we've done some work together. I've watched your brand go nuts. And uh, I think, as I, as I said in the intro, I think you're someone who a lot of people will be interested in because of the way in which you're going about your business. It's slightly different. So, look, I've mentioned you, but for the listeners who don't know you, how would you describe who you are and what you do right now? Yeah, so obviously I'm founder and managing director of Skill Genesis. Um, as me as a person and a recruiter, I wouldn't say I'm a typical sort of recruiter and sort of what you think as a business sort of guy. If anything, bit of a loose person that ended up in recruitment, started doing a bit <laughs> well, started doing a bit better, 
And then out of nowhere, what I found out was that my work rate carried me for everything. And for some reason, a lot of people like to follow what I do. And a lot of people like to just join sort of the way that I'm going. Yeah. So you, how old are you now, Jez? Just turned 24. Just turned 24. I mean, that's fucking nuts. You make me feel so old, mate, honestly. So <laughs> was that, you were born in what, 1996? Yeah, I um, Wow. Scary. Yes. Yeah, so one of the guys, when someone applied my job the other day, <laughs> 2004 i was like what the fuck like how can you yeah. be that young and like but it, you work out the numbers you're like no that's right that's right yeah, I was like, yeah. well that, i mean even 1998 makes me think shit but anyway so yeah. you that's an incredible age to start a bit but in a way i think wow because I, I didn't get into recruitment until i just turned, i was just 24 just turning 25 so you're you know you're at that if you can get in now you're going to be in an amazing position when you're 30 right yeah what, yeah and it's the other thing as well um so i didn't come to recruitment that late so i did so where i was i was in university doing sports science and then i did my master's in strength and conditioning because all the way from school i was rugby and i thought right sport is where i'm going to go there's going to be something there for me in sport did so you want to be a rugby player yeah at first and then um got injured left right and center and then obviously found drink and i was like well fuck this this is better and then <laughs> try to bounce back and forth try to do both didn't happen you had to pack it in but um, did you play at uni yeah. Yeah, I did for the start of it. So I was in that academy as an when I was younger. And then obviously was like proper strict, set my diet, training, didn't hardly drink, nothing. Went to university, met all the boys and my freshers that lived with me. And it was literally just like four times a week for the, for the next like three, four years. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good time, really good time. But um, yeah, so obviously doing that, I was doing some more science, thought, am I ever going to be SNC coach, something like that? Then I found personal training. So I was doing online personal training. Which was really fun. Really enjoyed it. Loved it because I did bodybuilding as well. So it just sort of yeah. went hand in hand. Used to get clients just by doing videos and pauses and stuff like that. So it was easy. Well, not easy money, but quite easy money. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then it got to a point at one point in lockdown where I was just like, I don't know if I want to do this for like the next 30, 40 years of my life. Let's try something else first. And if I want to go back, I can go back. Where were you um, living at this point? I was at this point. I was in South Wales, but now right. I'm in Manchester. But um, yeah. So I was in South Wales, originally tried to apply for G2 and said I wouldn't be a recruiter. <laughs> but yeah, so that was a funny one. But then... So well, they the said no. They rejected Yeah, yeah. They said no, that I wouldn't be a recruiter. Uh, wow. Yeah, no, and they're, in, that, in their Bristol or Cardiff office? Cardiff, Cardiff. Right, yeah. okay. But I was young though, so it probably was something I'd done in an interview. I've interviewed a lot of people we've interviewed badly and you're actually not that bad. So yeah, yeah. one of them things. But um, so yeah, one of the boys, Ollie, that I was living with in uni... He's one of the only guys I know that actually wanted to be a recruiter. Like, all the way yeah, from yeah, uni, he wanted to do this thing. Yeah, he's been one of my first ones. But um, so he applied to Amber Resourcing, you know, with Tom right. Ponton, everyone's from Opus, everything like that. Yep. So he went there. Um, but then he, he chose to go to G2 and he said, like, Oh, my friends like, just started looking. I want to give that a go. And yeah, I went with Ponton and then rest of it, I just fell head over heels of it. Absolutely. So where did, you, it. Where did you go then? To Am Amber, you call it? Amber Resourcing in Bristol. In, yeah. In Bristol. Yeah, so I went from Cardiff to Bristol, and I was in Bristol for a bit. Then I went to Manchester. I've been here for a while, and well, hopefully, got to London end of this year, start of next year. All right, so so, yeah. so let's let's just go back. So you said in the pandemic, at the beginning of the pandemic, you weren't even in recruitment. No, no. So I was in personal training. So I only actually had when I started my company twelve months experience. That's mad. yeah. So what was your actual performance like in that year? Because you can't um, know that much in year one. I got really good at the end of it that last couple of months. So I did like it was like almost like over two hundred odd in the like last like four or five months of it. Um, right. 
What were you recruiting? Uh, DevOps and cloud. But I did a bit yeah. of blockchain and crypto, sort of realized that it was something I was interested in, started reading about it, listening about it. And then it just made sense to go for it. Um, it's a nice market. It's a fun market. And when you actually enjoy what you're doing and what you're recruiting and some of the conversations I have with these guys, they're doing something like stupid. Some of the stuff they're doing, you just wouldn't think would be possible. Whereas what I was doing at first, I was doing .NET in South Wales and nothing against .NET. It's a good market, but I was there. I just didn't really care. You weren't into it, yeah? No, because they like they'd be asking like, "Oh, what um, C sharp was it? Or what dot net?" And I was just like, "I have no idea." Like, yeah. <laughs> what's the difference yeah. between this one and this one? I was like, "No idea." Couldn't really care. But then, like my market now, like I spend like so me and all my consultants spend at least an hour a day on research. Um, that's typically I'm reading like white papers or YouTube videos or just reading books. I prefer books, but a lot of my consultants prefer videos. And this is crypto and blockchain. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's such a steep learning curve. Um, that's that's one of the biggest things I found out, um, especially for my trainees, because there's so much to learn. There's, you, you feel as if you start learning a bit more, and then you just realize you know nothing. And yeah, it's again, yeah. it's up and down, up and down, up and down. It's a bit like recruitment in that sense, mm. but it's just because it's so fast evolving that you can't keep on top of it, even if you wanted to. You have to keep going. So, so you start in South Wales. With the same company, they did you move with them to Manchester then? Did they have no? So I went to Bristol with um, Amber Resources, and then I went to a tech in Manchester. Um, right, so you went to, took the decision to move to Manchester and join a new firm. Yeah, yeah. I, to be fair, when I was young, I used to just do a lot of decisions really rash. In fairness, the same for starting my company. I think I decided, um, so it was like mid middle of October, I decided, and I started the company by middle of November. So it was what, just made like, you, right. what made you make that, like, literally, having just got to Manchester, really, in reality, yeah, at the time, yeah. not even done a year in recruitment, What made, where did that idea come from? Um, part of it was just I was doing well, and I, I, I found it really hard to have a boss, if I'm honest. I found it really mm. hard. It was um, more me. It was the sort of, I couldn't take someone telling me what to do in a good way, because, like... Say when you're a boss of a company, you can get frustrated, not that your actual employees, but if like finances or something's happened wrong or something's went wrong and you're a bit angry and like mm. you take something out on them. But I wasn't the sort of person that would just back down and leave it. I would row, which is just like not looking good. back now, stupid, terrible. But it meant that for me, I felt as if I had to make this jump or I would have left recruitment. It yeah. was like this or that. And I chose obviously to go for it. And it was also the thing of that I've never really thought too much of the consequences of just going for something because what is actually the worst that could happen? Like, let's say the company I'd done it went bust in two years, so I went back to recruitment. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, like. yeah. No, you are right. Like, we all, I think the longer you're in recruitment, though, the more, the more war stories, the more scars, the more yeah, yeah. you fear, probably. I think early on, like, I've met a couple of people like you that, and only a couple, but there's that, there's that lack of fear. A bit like maybe when I started Hoxo, I'd never even worked in marketing in my life. Yeah, I knew recruitment, but I didn't know the industry I was going into. And so I just had this lack of fear. Like, I just felt like, fuck it, whatever. I, I, I was like, in six months, I'll just go back to what I was doing. If it fails, like, I'll be fine. Yeah, but, it probably is a bit of no, not having that knowledge that is actually really hard and that you might fuck up or you might this goes yeah. wrong, that you don't know it is why you went for it. Yeah, your it's blind like, naivety, isn't it? Naivety, yeah. definitely. But then yeah. you sort of, no, because you've told everyone you're doing it. You've said to everyone you're doing it. You've got your head, you're doing it. <laughs> you've got to make it work. You're just like, yeah. fuck it, I'm doing it. I'm finding a way to make this work. 
So do you remember where you were when you decided like 100 percent and what that what that moment was like when you're like, I'm definitely gonna quit and set it up? Um it it was a sort of a blend over a month. It was sort of like there's a couple of rounds I was having like with my boss, stuff like that. Great guy, brilliant guy. It was just more me, couldn't get managed properly. Um, and then it was sort of it's little things where I was just like, I that was the part I loved about personal training, online coaching. It was just me. I could do what I wanted. It was my decision. And if anything fucked up, I fixed it. And that's the bit I liked. I didn't have to go turn around and be like, oh, well, I, I've done this. Can, can I do? It was just like, go for it. Go for yeah. it. Fix it out. And then if it didn't work, it didn't work. And that's mm. the bit that I really liked about being your own boss sort of thing. And like probably eight, well, no, I wouldn't say eight, about 60% of recruiters really want to be their own boss. But a lot of them just don't have the guts to go for it. Yeah. Yeah, and they, I, they, I get messages honestly like every other day like oh how did you find it at the start would you have done it again would you do this different would you do that and it's like a lot of it is just go for it what's the worst that's going to happen yeah so what do you you don't learn from thinking about stuff you learn from doing it like you learn no, from getting out that as well there's so many mentors and stuff out there now that it's like you you could literally go text anyone like as soon as you're in recruitment the network is massive yeah, Especially yeah. you've got stuff like TRN, like the recruitment network. You've got um what's the it was that Pirates one? That's yeah. that's good with Gary. Um there's a few of them. Great networks, great things. Like for example, I'm in Recruit Hub. So Recruit Hub yeah. is a company that helps people start up in recruitment. So it gives them sort of like the tech and it get, helps them get funding and a lot of stuff that someone who was like really young like myself who just had a bit of balls but didn't really know how to do it. That, is, it Ed, is it Edmund Edmund Blog? Edmund Blog, yeah, 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 great guy. And it's not him. even just how quick they got me to start up and how quick they got me into it and how we go in. It's more that I've got someone to lean on that's done it like two, three times, and like he's got another twenty companies that's in this block that all done the same thing, all doing the same thing. So I turn around, and I'm like, oh, this guy's not paid me. Like, well, how do I get this back? And they'd be like, oh no, just don't worry, do this, do that. And I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. So do they do they take care of your finances and back office and all that and let you do the billing or do you still have to get involved? Yeah, so they do help it. But as as I didn't know till I've actually done it, I found out that you do actually have to do a lot of shit yourself. And I really <laughs> didn't know. I thought I was going to go in, just recruit, and it was going to be easy. And I'd be like, yeah. here we go, went in, everything. And I was like, yeah, no, check your invoices, do this, do that. And I was like, oh, shit, I've got to do that bit. And I was like, but yeah, it's one of the things. They're not that hard. Like, no. without downplaying the, all the wiper back stuff does and everything like that, because it is brilliant. And without that, you would struggle and it frees up so much time. It's not that hard to learn, like the basic stuff of it. There's bits, obviously, you want to do it well, but I don't need to do it well. I just need to do it enough that I can just recruit well. So, so where yeah. did the name Scale Genesis come from? Um, so it was meant to be, because obviously Genesis is the first block of a blockchain and Scale is to help something grow. Right, so, right. But it did take a lot of guessing. So I had a lot of shit names at first. <laughs> I was sending it to the group chats and they was all just like, what the fuck, Jess, you can't put that. Yeah. Like, I had some terrible names. But it was just one of them ones that like, I, at first I tried to use a random generator. I was like, let's chuck some words in, see what comes out. And then I actually just ended up just like reading a bit more different books. And I was like, oh, I like that word. I like that. Yeah. And it just worked in the end. And quite I a lot like of people it. liked it. I like it a lot. Yeah. What, so talk, talk us through that first like setup as in when you actually started where what was where did you work from how did you do it what was day one like so first started working um in my old flat in Disbury where I was living with like five other guys um which was terrible so a terrible wi-fi absolute shit flat like awful flat <laughs> um but yeah so we started like that and in all honesty really hard at first I sat there first day I was like fuck I actually have to do this now like I've yeah. said I've done this let's do it 
And there's a lot of stuff that like, like in hindsight, I did so much stuff wrong, like, like ridiculous amount of stuff wrong. And like, stupid now, but you got to yeah. What did you do? What did you but, do? Um, oh, like a lot of stuff. Like I was like, it was more just, not just wasting time thinking I've got a brand new idea. Like I'd be like, no, this is it. This is it. I've got this. Four hours here. I'm going to block this out. Then the next day, realize you've got nothing from it at all. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, days are ticking. Like I need stuff in. And like, there's other stuff I had stresses as well because of, um obviously, because being in crypto and blockchain, trying to get a bank account. I had that as a special recruiter in crypto and blockchain, and they all they seen was crypto and blockchain. So they right. kept like pausing my applications, lengthening out. It took over two months for me just to get past. And the only reason I got passed in the end was just I just said I was technology recruitment, which I am. So it wasn't wrong. But like without that, and with that, as soon as I changed that, within three days, had it, it was done. But wow. so for two months, I didn't have any of my investments enough stuff come in. I didn't have anything in the bank account, stuff like that. I was just living off like what I had left. Yeah. From my old job, had you saved enough to give yourself a certain runway, no, or did the, no. did, the did that recruitment hub help with with yeah, money? Yeah, so I got right? investors through that, so that's yeah. what um, it sort of was. Um, but I I left like not on a whim in my last company, but it was a bit like a I shouldn't have left so quick. I should have took the commission. I had like something like twenty grand of commission coming in like two months. I could have just stay there, took it, went with that. But I wanted out. I was just like, no, I was already committed. I was gone. I was I've done. Yeah. So I didn't really care. So um, when and with like the investment route as well, it's uh, the recruiter made it very easy. Like um, I didn't even really have to meet my recruit, um, my investors. But obviously, I met all the recruit hub guys, and they was their friends and people that they knew. This helped all the other businesses start up. So it was like you knew he was in good hands. He was fine. Mm. We went through that. But with hindsight on that, so I didn't know I'd do as well as I would so early on. So like now I've like all my investors are all in profit within five months of investing in me. So like yeah. every like time I take money out now, they get profit. Left, right, and center, where I could have just saved up a bit of money and went for it myself. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you, you how much money did how much money and did they give you and for what percentage of the business? So twenty-five grand for twenty-five percent altogether. Right. So it's at like the start, at the start sounds great, right? And then Yeah, so it didn't sound like that yeah. much because I had um other offers of other people at the start. And I was only starting with like 30% of the business or 40% of the business. So to me, I was like, I- I'm still at 35%. Like, this is fine. Yeah. I'm-, I'm happy. Let's go for it. And yeah. um, But then like in hindsight now, it's like, oh God, that's quite a lot of money going out. Yeah. That's quite yeah. a lot of money over years as well. And then no, when I try to work out actually selling the company. So if we get to a reasonable standard of like quite a good turnover and the generator, say the generator is something like 5X or 6X, there's a lot of money needs to go out to get these guys out. And yeah. it's one of them things that I just didn't know, wasn't aware of. But without it, would I have been able to start? Probably not, unless I waited a bit longer. So is there no option to talk about equity provision over time and, and work? With yes, you on- it is. I can get out of it over time. So like after the three years, that's the least I can get out. Um, well, earliest I mean. But it's one of them things that is quite a lot to get to get them out of it. And yeah. To see, as as you I'll get, see you make sure you get value. You got to be keep getting value, right? You got to get yeah, value. Exactly, what, exactly. So what? Talk. I know when we met in January, you'd already. I mean, you'd literally already made. You're already making good money. So how did the first few months go, and how and how did you do it? How did you manage to get off the ground? Yeah. Okay, so in um, so it was like mid November, close to end of November, is when I really just started. So in December, I blanked. Um, I honestly just had my LinkedIn recruiter done. 
I waited like, like six, seven weeks to get my recruiter done. Um, I didn't really have anything. All I was using was like free websites, like GitHub, Twitter, which yeah. now looking back was such a blessing to learn all skills I never would have used. And I looked at so many different technologies that can automate stuff, do this, do that. Um, but I spent all my time on that. So now I've got that skill later on. But then obviously, so yeah, back to it. December blanked. January, I think that month was like 40 or 70K, something like that. And like now I'm on about 540 since January. So it's mm-hmm. like mad numbers and it's, it is great. But at the same time, I've had like quite a lot of stuff go wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Realistically, my numbers should be something around like 700, if I'm honest. I've fucked up a lot of deals. <laughs> Like, um, the one I always remember is a company in Singapore. So I was up at 4 a.m., uh, no, like 5 a.m. when I actually found out. So we was up on this course for two hours. It was a big, massive deal. It was going to be like 20 positions up front for like 200K, or no, 10 positions up front for 200K, which would have been massive. I was in my like, fourth month yeah. of the company. That would have given me run one way for like two, three months, at least four months. Yeah. But um, so yeah, fucked it completely. Obviously fucked it. So going into the end of it, and it was like after a two hour thing, and like I sort of got a bit too like um bit Pushy. defensive over like because it was my company, my baby, and they were trying to take like the piss of it a little bit, where they was like, Oh no, we could do this, we could do that. And I was like, Well, no, no. And they was like, Right, Jez, we can't work with you. You're obviously unreasonable. And I was like, I was sat there, finished it. I literally looked around, I was like, Fuck, I've just <laughs> fucked up 200 grand. But um, so yeah, so that's one of the things. So like, everyone only sees like all the good shit about me, and everyone thinks like, oh, Jez is smashing it, he's doing this and he's doing that. And it's like I am doing well, but I'm still fucking up a lot. The only reason I can get away with fucking up so much is that I just do more than other people. I just work more hours, do more work, and just work harder what, than people. What has been days like? What, what's an average day like for you? In, in so like, for the first like six months, I was working like 14, like 15 hour days every single day, like seven days a week. I, got, I, like, I think I went out around like five times over that six months, and that was only because like my friend was like Rob that I live with. He was like, You've got to get out. Like you're, you are like doing nothing else. You've not even gym. You're eating like shit. You just sat at home doing flat out work, and that was it. Um, now it's got a bit better. Um, obviously, I, I work global, so with crypto and blockchain, like everyone hires globally. So you have to work like pretty much all hours. It's um, it's it's good and it's not bad. You just you treat recruitment as like it's integrated into your life instead of like a set work hours. Yeah. So like, so like for example, some of the guys will do like two, three hours in the morning, and then go gym for two, three hours, go get food for two, three hours. It's not like a set day, if that makes sense, because you'd need to just sort of flex around your life. Because otherwise, like you miss. What's quite been a lot the strategy of- to getting into clients though? Like, is it are you are you cold calling? I'm more so I'm more email sales, if I'm honest. Um, I quite enjoy it, like working out like them little quirky emails and trying to make them funny, joke around, and that's a lot of the route that I've went is sort of just. Getting in front of them, but it's always as well. Get the product that people actually fucking want. Like, yeah. no point sending someone you know they don't want. Like, it's yeah. just like a lot of people in recruitment, especially early on, they will obviously find a candidate they think is half decent, and they'll just send it to everyone. Just not even give a fuck. Like, do they want it? Do they need it? Have they just hired this many people? All of that, they don't take that into consideration. They're like, oh, you had a C sharp guy before. There you go. Check it in. Whereas, like, my approach was very targeted from the start. I would do a lot of research about the companies, know who the companies are, know what they want. If I can speak to the guys already in the company, like the actual employees, like actually reach out to them, try to speak to them, get information and then try specking. Because as much as it feels like you don't do that much and your time's taken back and you should have done more, I think I only spent out about 
hundred emails in the first two three months, but I had like twenty clients on from it, and I was done yeah. for like I only just started doing BD again last month, really? and that was I was out of runway for like four months of clients. And the only reason now I'm sort of doing it is more for my consultants, so yeah. I can give them work, more work for them to do as they're learning, so they can get their own clients, everything like that. Um, but with that, one of the struggles I have found is managing while you want to be like the top at billing is very difficult. It's very um, difficult. Yeah, it's, it's like it's more the fact that you have to work outside of your core hours. Like it's, you cannot recruit in your core hours if you've got a trainee. Like and so, what the four that first come in, they was all like fresh, and they're all fresh. All Jimmy not just they were all like questions left right, and center. So like my work schedule basically was that whenever I was in office, I was just managing, just helping. And whenever I was outside of office, I was just uh, like resourcing, recruiting, BD, everything like that. So it's sort of, it's a mad lifestyle trying to be a billing manager. Like that's harder. But then what, I obviously what, had the business were you always, side. Were you always, why did you hire so soon? Like what was the, where did that plan come from? Um, because of one of my main skills is BD. I can get businesses on well and I keep relationships that I would, I honestly, most of my billings are from the same companies. So I get a client and I just work with them. I get that relationship and I dominate that client. Instead of trying to get everyone, I'd rather get a handful of people who will give me 10 roles over the year and I fill all of them. That's like my ideal sort of year. But yeah. um, so with that and in my space, especially, there's a lot of growing companies. So I meant that I've got a lot of roles on without even really pushing for it. And then I was, I was leaving quite a lot on the table because... You can only specialize in a certain number of things. Like if you try and do every skill, you're just shit at everything. Or yeah. you're at best mediocre, which if you're up against good recruiters, they're gonna smoke you every single day. Like if, mm. for example, say if a skill was like a rust engineer, if a guy just does rust day in, day out, I don't care how good you are. If you do another 10 different skills, you're not beating him. Like as no. simple as that. But um, yeah, so with the, with the guys, I, I sort of needed it as well. Like I was struggling being on my own for so much of all the time. I sort of needed that bit of like out, like they, they pull you out of that sort of just like work hole sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interrupting today's episode to mention our sponsor. Talent Ticker are here to help everyone who are in such a candidate short market, right? So if you're looking to grow your recruitment business in 2022, you know, candidates are important and talent ticker here to help. What they do is they help recruiters work smart and not hard. They've got over 300 agency clients, recruitment agency businesses that use talent ticker and that helps them connect to the right person at the right time for the right reason. Okay. It also automates a lot of monotonous tasks we use and provides simple tools to identify ideal and off the grid candidates, people that are under the radar for open roles. So if you like the sound of finding more deeper level talent that's not exclusively on LinkedIn, for example, then get over to www.get.talentticker.ai forward slash Hoxo. You'll find the link in the episode. Go and take advantage of the special offer they've got on there for our listeners. So you, for the first, what, how many months till you hired someone? Like five, six? Um, no, I think it was like so in oh. February I did it and I started at like end of November, oh, so what, like yes. three months in? Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. So we're up to six now. Um, but I've just, the last one I've just got in now, very senior guy. Um, he compliments me in the fact that he's actually really process driven, sensible, reasonable, takes his time, that doesn't rush into stuff. So what so he balances um, you out? 
Yeah, so what I'm hoping is he can sort of clip my wings a little bit and calm me down. There's a lot of it as well that I can be quite harsh as a manager because my expectations are so high. And mm. I do have to sometimes pull myself back and be like, this is not their company. Remember that they're just an employee, that as much as they want it, it's not your, their company. They're not going to be the same as you. I do have to like mm-hmm. sometimes be like, Jez, chill out. Don't, yeah. don't be a dick. But it's hard because you really want the best for them. And that's the main thing, that you really want to see them do well. And every time they do a deal, you're buzzing, you're happy. Even just they found a good candidate, you're just like, fucking yes, nice. That sort yeah. of thing. It's like you keep pushing and pushing and pushing, but you sometimes got to remember that it's not their company, they're new. And that's the bit that I struggled with. Whereas the guy coming in, he's the complete opposite. He's got like patience for days. He could sit there, he'd let you mess up, and he'd be there being like, oh, it's fun. I'll show you what to do next time. It's good. Whereas I'm like, do this, do this, let's go, let's go, up, let's go, do it, do it, do it. I need someone to sort of bring that out. And my consultants have even said it. So like what we do with like our reviews. So end the month, they, I'll review them, obviously, and give them their feedback, what I thought of them, what they've done. And then they do the same back. And they're, they're very honest with me because they're all my age. And they sort of, we sort of are friends um, because obviously, yeah, we're all together all the time, same age. It sort of just happens. Well, yeah. Yeah, so they have no problem with telling me what they say. And and that's probably one of the best things to help me with being a manager, that they're actually just honest. And they just say... Is it all verbal or is it like anonymous 360 feedback? Oh, verbal. They'll do it first to first. They have no fear at all. (laughs) But we've we've done well to build an environment where it's just like, it's no bullshit. Like, you say what you think and you say it in front of everyone. And you don't get in trouble for it either. So that's like a different thing. So like in another company, and if you called out one of the seniors or something like that, straight away, they'd be like, what? How do you thing? react, though? In, in a, if your old head-on used to kick off at bosses for telling that, like, if someone yeah. below you effectively started telling you you're not doing something, are you are you finding you're getting react- taking it personal, getting reactive a bit? or Surprisingly not. So I thought I would. I thought I'd got them, if I'm honest. But um, it's sort of like I realised what I was like in the fact that I wasn't kicking off just to kick off. I was kicking off because I thought something was a good idea or I really believed in something could work this way, or if we change this, this could work, or this was unreasonable. So I, in my head, I never thought that I was, well, wrong. So what I see a bit of it, so when they're going back at me, I feel as if there's a reason why they're doing this. There's something there. It might not be the way that they've said it, or it might be the way they went about it, but there's definitely some truth to whatever they say. So, and it's, yeah, it's a good way to learn, and it sort of keeps me accountable as well. Yeah, it's pay- as a leader, it's 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 painful to hear. Yeah, yeah, some of it. You know, yeah. I've, I've had it. We've all had it. And but at the same time, you need that. You don't want to just be told you're great all the time. You're not going to fucking. You're not going to learn from that, Quite especially sure. as, as a new founder like you. What? Yeah. So, so you've gone from, you know, you build almost half a well, half a million quid in, which is nuts in six months. Like it's genuinely mental in in year mm-hmm. one. That that will be if you hit a if you hit a million this year in your first your full year. I mean. Not many agencies I've ever dealt with have done that, especially when it's not two founders together. I've seen that from two yeah. founders. I don't think I've ever seen it from one. You remind well, me a lot of. Have you have you heard of Lloyd Gordon on from Focus Cloud? Have you heard of him yet? No, I've not. Well, I, I'm going to introduce you to because you're like a young Lloyd Gordon. He, but this guy was <laughs> he'd been in recruitment a lot longer. He was a 1.5 million pound biller before he started Focus, but he's got Focus Cloud. Focus 24/7 is his attitude, right? It's like. His team yeah. needs to be around the clock all day, every day. And he's just, he's relentless. This guy said, if he didn't make it a success, he'd be dead. That was his line on the podcast. <laughs> and uh, 
and now he's got this mega company and he's flying and you'll, you'll love him. I'll introduce you to him. But yeah, um, well, the part of it was, um, so that's something that I've been like the last month or two debating a bit more about because I had a real big thing of doing a billion, a million myself in my first year, for my own company, which because I just knew this is probably a handful of people, if many have done yeah. it. So that's yeah. part of the thing I do. But then as further I go across, I'm like, there's some decisions I make. I'm like, business first, consultants first, this shit later. If you hit that million, great. But don't make this the be all and end all. What really no, matters no. is what's what's the good if you do a mill and everyone else is fucking on 100K? You'd rather yeah. everyone else go on 300K and you've done 500, like by far. Yeah. And yeah. It's, yeah, but it's one of them things of, yeah, just checking your ego, which is hard a bit. Um, but yeah. It's mad. And I, I mean, I'm I'm still like that now. I still sell probably the most at Hoxo, and it's like I can't, I don't want to do that. Like, but it's, yeah, it's gonna kind of, drop it. It's still, yeah, yeah. But it's a, but I still enjoy it. I still fucking love yeah. it. So I'm like, it's a balance for me. If I was like, I don't want to do this as a job anymore, then it'd be. Di- and we, we don't have we have a small sales team, so it's never going to be a sales driven business. It's a delivery business. Um, but yeah, I find it. I still, I don't, I don't know if my skill set's ever going to be as good as others at, at taking people through yeah. what, what's your life been like so when you it was relentless living in didsbury with your mates you said you, you moved into town didn't you? you moved into the city center mm, yeah you got your own flat on your own was that a decision you made yeah for the business yeah. yeah that was what, um i needed to be on my own um when it was like all the guys was walking across in the like living room stuff like that talking to me mm. or it was just stuff going out uh, like the best part about me living so far away from my family and friends, I live like South Wales, like three, three and a half hours away. Yeah. Um, and then my friends here was obviously new friends is that I didn't have that many distractions. And then when I lived on my own, I had even less distractions because people to get me to come out, they'd have to like make a real effort. So they don't have social media either. So they've got to actually text, ring me and be like, Jez, you coming out, stuff like that. So without them distractions, it helped a lot. I think I would have really struggled if I'd done this company at home with all my friends there because I wouldn't have been How long were you me. living with them till you moved out? How long was the business? Um, so I moved out within the first two weeks of the business. Right. Um, so I, I, I had to pay for the other flat for like an extra month, but um, it wasn't too bad. Like I've, I went yeah. out, I had to get out. So I lived in my office six months. I've just now moved back in with my best friend because of obviously having the office. It's a 24-hour office in the WeWork. I can stay yeah. there as much as long as I want, go there when I want, weekends there. It's not really a problem anymore. But um, at the time, I felt it was needed to really give it my all. And... My biggest thing is I do not know how people with kids do it. I really don't. I know of a young family that, that like hats off to them because I've got no time at all. So I don't know how they're doing anything. But it, is it, you, have you got a, are you in a relationship as well or not? Yeah. Yeah. So I've just like, well, early doors, early doors. Yeah. I see her like, like once a week, stuff like that. So it's that's like, the hardest. Um, that's really hard as well. You know, I, yeah. I, I had a period I started Hoxo when I was engaged or getting engaged to my ex. We got married and not having kids. And then I got, I became single when I got divorced in the pandemic, which was mental. Yeah. The, the one thing I, I enjoyed about when I moved to Manchester, I was in Moda near you and I was fucking relentless on my own all day. And I just had my dog to think about. Then I got back with a girl I dated years ago and then we got serious and then I moved in with her and her kids. And, you know, we've got two kids in the house. We've got two dogs. And, and, and it, trust me, life is completely different like it, it wouldn't yeah. i can't give 24 7 like i used to, like i just can't unless i want to be a crap stepdad like it's just not gonna that, work. that's the thing yeah like you, like there's a lot of people that sell out their businesses and they're like work horses and i like part of me feels like that must be difficult for everyone around them um, yeah. like I, I can be as selfish as i want because no one cares like this is like 
No one's there. No one's there. I'm glad I got the business going. I'm glad I got the business going for five years, before, four years before that. And then I've I've got a platform. It's not, you know, would it be bigger if I went mental every day? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But do I enjoy I can't enjoy my life. Like so I'm like, it's a balance, you know, it's a trade-off between what do you want? And then I guess that that's kind of where my head's going with this conversation is what why are you so relentless? Like, what are you trying to achieve? What What's going on for you? Um, it, it sort of was just a bit of who I was, if that makes sense. Um, anything I did, I like to just go for it. I just, I really like winning, like really badly. Like overly competitive to the point that it's like, you're a bit of a prick sometimes. And like mm. over anything, it could be like little shit. Like game of FIFA, I will literally be nearly in tears when I lose. I will be angry. <laughs> like shit like that, which is just stupid. But um. Yeah, so it's just like that thing of like, I knew that I could keep just do more, do more, do more, and more happens and more happens and do more and more happens. And I've just always had that mindset. And I know it goes against quite a lot of people at the minute where everyone's like, you need all this balance and you do this and you do that, which I do agree with. You do for a better life and a healthier life. But it's hard when you're happy going flat out. Like I'm not, like, when people think of like when I was doing like that six months of like working like 14 hours a day, it's like, you must have been miserable. You didn't do this, didn't that. I was like, no, I was buzzing. I was loving yeah. life. I was just flat out, like in a fucking tunnel. Felt like Superman, just like going flat out. But um, yeah, it's more that I just like doing it. I enjoy it, and I like working hard. It's something that, like, even if this business is done, I will still do it. I don't, I don't know what it is, I don't know what it'll be in, but I will do it. It doesn't matter what happens. Yeah, but what is what is success to you? Is it? Are you, have you got like a monetary figure? Is there something you're trying to achieve in your life? Um. I think success for me is like complete freedom. Um, freedom, like even though I would carry on working and do all stuff like that, but I just want that thing of that. If I turned around and one day I was like, I want to go to Dubai and go skydiving, I can just fucking do it. And like, yeah. you can't do that if you're working for someone else and you're on just about a bit of money. You, you need to like have your own tank, home thing, this scalable money as well. So that was one of the main reasons as well why I got into a business was like, Yes, recruitment when you're a consultant is scalable money, and the more you do it, you can scale it up. But it's limited to yourself and how much you can do. Whereas, like a business, you can scale it up. And actually, if I get more consultants in, they can help me without me being the limiting factor anymore. Even yeah. if I probably would be the bottleneck, still, I can scale it up. So it made sense to me. Um, but it's it's like with student recruitment, I do have hopes to eventually. Um, to that's my charge. Right, but um, do have hopes to eventually do more products as well. Um, so I'm in. So I've got a few ideas of what I want to do in sort of like different ways because obviously, as recruitment is like an as service business, which is difficult, really difficult, especially perm. Like I'm a perm guy, very difficult. Every single month, I've just got to go again. Doesn't matter Start how well you did last month, you just got to go. Like, part of me wish I started a contract, but you can't <laughs> change it. You know, you, like, you can't just swap in and out. Um, as much, I've seen some good deal desk guys, but I personally couldn't. I'd have to well, do I was a contract. I was a contract guy, and it was uh, it was definitely yeah. skill set. Yeah, and I think the yeah. thing I always found with contract was like, you know, it'd be five o'clock on a Friday, and the job would come in, and and the perm guys would be they just fuck off, and you'd be like, oh, I'm, yeah. I can't do that. You know, it's like I don't. I'll be honest, I don't. I don't miss that about. That's probably the one thing I don't miss about recruitment is that contract recruitment is that fuck, you, you've got to move that fast. I was very good at it, don't get me wrong, but I, I, whereas 
now I've built a business where I've got a recurring revenue stream in the agency where clients pay us monthly. And then we've got the academy, which is people pay, it's still a, an annual subscription, but they pay once. So it's like a perm and a contract business that we've got now, which, and again, we start, the academy is like, it starts at zero every month and the agency starts with a book of business. So it, I like having both. I think if I relied on one, I'd probably, my hair would be grayer than it is, but, yeah. but I still, I still have that same feeling like you every month. It's like, fuck, right. We've got targets. Let's go. Um, yeah. You need you kind of need that though to kick you up the ass as well because if you get too comfortable with a big book of business, you can have really lazy times. Whereas I, I don't think you've got to stay sharp. With yeah, so with Perm is that like it honestly doesn't matter how good you did last month. Like yeah. what what you did last month will be what you get billing this month. Don't get me wrong, or the next mm. month. But whatever you build doesn't matter. Like the next month, mm. everyone's like, don't matter, doesn't care. Crack on, crack on, keep Start going. Again. Yeah, and the dropouts at the minute and everything like that are relentless. Um, as you can really? Imagine. So are you seeing what sort of percentage you see in if placements don't make it to um, so Mine's not has been that bad, but a lot of the guys that I know that are doing UK, because obviously I do US and Europe predominantly, um, a lot of the guys that's doing the UK, with all them three-month notice periods, um, a lot of them are doing deals, and then by the time that three months is over, they've gone to someone else, interviewed someone else, and they've got a better deal because everyone's throwing money left, right, and centre. But that's heartbreaking stuff that you've done a deal, a big deal, and then you've waited three months to find out the guys went somewhere else. That's oh, that's gonna take it away from you. And like it's gonna happen a few times. Like everyone has dropouts, you can't not. But like that is the damaging. It's in like you don't wanna keep going. Like no. that's hard. But you've, you've got it. I mean you're and what you're doing is a, like a four week notice in America, right? So it's pretty fast. Yeah. Oh, no, it's quicker than that. So in um, America, notice periods isn't really that much of a thing. You don't even have to sort of legally stick to your notice period. It's meant to be really? two weeks, but a lot of the guys can walk out as and when. But um, with with ones, it's a bit more they like the project, so they'll want to finish whatever the project they're going to do um, and then move on. Or or they will just jump ship. Um, very different. Like UK, it's like the strict laws. You can't mess around. You've got to do yeah. this, do that. Um, I, I'm against three-month notice periods myself, though. I just think for both business and the employee, it's hard. Like yeah, you, you yeah. both don't want each other there, and but you keeping them there just to sort of, uh, yeah, it doesn't really make too much sense. I uh, know. It's a. I think if certain in certain positions, if it's like a really really niche skill set that you're gonna struggle, you like your business is Can't critical. It. Yeah, I get it then, but I know what you mean. What so. What's an average fee in your world then? What sort of numbers are you talking about? Um, so average fees are anywhere from like 25 to 30K. So average deals. Right. They're, they're big deals, but it's a lot of work. Um, a lot of work goes into it. You need to know. So you in our market, you can't be a sort of lazy recruiter. You have to mm. do a lot of research. Like what I found when I was doing sort of like a lot of the Web2 stuff, I could get away with just volume. If I just did enough volume, I'd get deals in, it's fine. With this one, like... You could do as much volume as you want. If you don't understand it, you won't place them because you don't know the yeah. difference between like little skills. And that they're the difference because especially in a market, like if you have a position where the skill set is transferable across pretty much any company, then it comes down to these little minute deals which actually make the difference. And if you can't understand that on a client call or when you're speaking to a candidate, you just will not place it. And but you'll lose your head doing it because these some of these deals are like up to like 75k 80k deals and you're going to be going flat out yeah you're, you're excited you'll think right i've got an 80k deal coming in but you don't actually understand the tech and you've wasted half your day doing it and then you've wasted half your month doing it because you think 
right, it doesn't matter what happens to you. I can get an 80K deal. My month's done. My month's done. And you start chasing these big ones and then just mess up anyway. But and if it's you find it as competitive, are you are you are you up against uh, as many recruiters? Yeah, so it is it is quite competitive. There's a lot of good companies in my space in recruitment. Um, like for example, like Plexus in London with like Seth, they're very good companies. Like all of them are very good guys. Um, it's one of them things that you can't really think too much about the competition. You've just got to think no. you're going to beat them. Because we're we're probably all in the exact same boat that Zeph thinks he beats me. I think I beat Zeph, and then blockchain one to one thinks they beat us both, and yeah, it's one of them things you just think you're going to win regardless, or yeah. you, we wouldn't do it. But, like, yeah, so it's not been as bad as, like, the UK. I can imagine the competition there. Like, I've seen some of the guys, like, so I sort of have a lot of friends still doing Web2 in the UK. And, like, they're up against, like, eight other agencies, or they're up against, like, their, their problem is they're trying to work with a company that's got, like, terms agreed with a very, like, shit agency that's doing nothing. And you, yeah. your, half your job is telling that agency, or telling that company, that that agency is not the right agency for them. And when yeah. you're doing that, you're wasting half your time, you're wasting your effort. Whereas like ours is just more like, if you're if you're the best at what you do, they'll work with you and that's fine. It's, no, it's none of that, like no shade to haze. What they've done is well. They've took over the market in a lot of places. But like, it's none of that like, oh, well, we're at 10% and you're like, oh, fuck, I can't do that. Especially yeah. when you're a consultant. Your manager's not going to let you get through with that. Like you no. can't compete with that and you've just got to move on. There's a lot of effort wasted. So, so my market is competitive because there's really good guys in it, but it's not competitive in the terms that it's overcrowded. Yeah, well, that's 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 a good sign. And in, you've obviously, how did you come up with the idea of blockchain and crypto? Like, because you weren't um, recruiting, were you recruiting that or not? Yeah, so I did bits of it within, within DevOps though. So I was doing blockchain and crypto, but within. DevOps. Um, so what it was, one of the guys had a position with the sort of into it. Something I really liked, something I really wanted to do. Not just, I'm doing this to get a bit of money, sort of thing. Yeah, so you knew, were you interested in it outside of work? Were you thinking about... Yeah, yeah, so um, obviously I didn't have a clue where I was on like the trade and stuff and everything like that at first. And anyone who says they do at the start is lying. Like, even now, I've got months and months of experience reading it and stuff like that, and it's like... Even now, I still look at some of the stuff. I'm like, I have no idea. Especially yeah. like technical analysis on like some of the market. I'm just like, I have no idea what that means. Like, mm. I couldn't do it if I wanted to. Then everyone's like, everyone because they know I do blockchain and crypto. Like, oh, you must have made so much money off blockchain and crypto. I was like, I'm down massively. I'm like down eighty percent. Like, this. I'm nowhere yeah. near a winning. But like, yeah. it'll come back up. It'll come back up. But I've seen like a story about yours as well, and it was something to do with Bitcoin. Oh, mate, I I, I literally. So I'd, I'd started Hoxo, I'd remortgaged my house and I had a pot of cash, not load, mm -hmm. but I'd, I had a bit extra that I knew I didn't need to use because we took off pretty well. So I was like, well, I, I want to invest this some of it. And then I literally, I'd hired this young lad on, a, on an internship who was there. He was like a finance grad and he was fucking bright. A guy called Paddy, mm -hmm. he was wicked. And he was on um, eToro looking at coins, right? And a bit, one Bitcoin was less than, I think it was $2,900. So about 2,400 quid. Yeah, less than that at the time, and I had 20 get 20 grand. So I'm like, if I buy, I'll get about six coins. And then, but it just so happened that a lad I'd work with, I'd recruit, I managed him in my in recruitment. Um, Amma did, and I worked with him. He just left recruitment to work in a in a crypto trading business in South London. Mm -hmm. So I, I rang him up. I was like, look, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of investing money. What do you think I should do? I trusted him, and he's like, mate, you fuck that. You need to give it us because what we'll do is we'll manage it across portfolios. You know, we've got all these, we've got yeah. all these coins, and 
And he was like, look, what I'll guarantee you, he said, if you give me the 20, I'll guarantee you a thousand pound a month, like re- guaranteed income in your bank and your, your pot will grow. And I'm like, that's too good to say no to because it's like five yeah, percent. So I'm like, it pays my mortgage or my rent every month, and I'm getting it. I was like, yeah, fucking. Within three months, I knew it was fucking dodgy. I put my money in. I was getting no comms. I got the money, but um, I I said, they said you can pull it out anytime. So at the end of December 2017, I said I'll have my money back. Just fucking ignore me. I was like, this is a lad I knew. So I was like, mate, get on the phone. Yeah. Oh, I was fuming with him. I still hate him now. I can't stand the guy. If you're listening, <laughs> you're an idiot. Because um, he, he, he's never been able to talk to me. He's never gone, mate, I'm so sorry. Sorry, like, yeah. He'll, 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 he'll message me going, hi, sir. I'm like, you're taking a fucking piss. You used to work in my office. Like, we were mates. You used to go for beers. We've been on holidays. I'm like, anyway, so I ended up getting, I got three grand of, of the returns and then I asked for money back and then I got, I've got 11, have I got, yeah, I've got 11 of it back and that was five years ago. I'm not getting any more. So I'm, no chance seven what am I eight grand down something like that um but the, actually and the guy was like oh we've struggled we've lost all the money and then every week on Instagram he posts in front of a Bentley and he's like trying to sell it and I'm like you're an absolute fraud so that I think it's put me off that it's put me off that that whole sector mm. I'm like there's so much bullshit in it that you there's think- a lot of scamming as well like there's yeah. a lot of scamming it's um it's because the rewards and you see so many people what they got in so quickly and it, and it, it mm. can be some of like the quickest and biggest rewards you can in such a short period of time yeah. like there's people within like six months changing their life completely mm. not right now we're in a bear market so nothing's gonna yeah. happen really but um when it's like when it goes back up in a bit in a bull run then everyone's like whatever you got money in just fucking flies um yeah. and that's why everyone's like yeah let's go for it i'll jump in let's do everything i'll jump in like nfts let's go flat out and it's only a certain amount of people can make money and people are going to take advantage of people that have not got a lot of money because the ones that got a lot of money are a bit smarter with money and a bit more savvy and they wouldn't take the risk and they're yeah. going to take advantage of it's more younger kids as well that's the yeah, quite right. scary bit because it's like you've got like six 18 year olds 19 year olds have just got a tiny bit of money left and they're putting yeah. it all into crypto and they can lose it all and it's like yeah they can just do it, trade on their phone at home and fucking lose it all yeah it's mad yeah. i think yeah there's a lad in moda where i lived who, who made all his money on crypto and he's living in like there's the a lot of people that do really well but it's like young. the people that do really well is like probably like five two percent of the population of actually yeah. trading but it's well, just well, I, bit, I put money into like the i don't know what is it the smp 500 or whatever through yeah. through, a, through it's, i know it's not gonna have the vol the, the the big return but it's got a you know, it's got that long, yeah. long, I've got my business that's that's giving me a, a quick return. I've got that, I, and I'm, I'm like, I'm sticking with those investments and and sure. a couple of pro- properties and stuff. But it is is an amazingly interesting world, right? It's a fucking mm. cool place, and and it sounds like you've, you know, you've 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 had a bit of a master shot really to get in at the time you did because, you know, you could have stayed in, yeah, in, in .net or whatever, and instead you've gone into it. You've 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 fucking just ran it, and now you you know it's paying off. So. So what does the rest of this year look like? You've got six people now. You're only six yeah. months in. What are you trying? What would what would the end of year one? I, I, you mentioned a million, but yeah. What what's, what do you reckon the team and stuff will look like by then? Um, so the team by then, so by the end of the year, it's going to probably be around ten people. But one of them's, two of them's going to be. One's going to be a marketing manager, and one's going to be internal. 
Um, so yeah. I've not, I've tried to use RetroX, but I've not, so all my hires have not been through RetroX, they've all been individual, which is probably part of do with my personal brand on LinkedIn. So people see my well, shirt. I wanted to talk about that. Obviously, you know, yeah. we've worked together, you've done some work with us, your team are going through the academy now. Like what, what impact is your, because your content's been wicked this year, you've fucking blown it up. What, what impact has it actually had? Because so many people say to me, like, I put a post up today about it, like, what's the point? They say, I get it. All right, you yeah. can put loads of content. What's the fucking point? So talk to me like what impact yeah. has it genuinely had on your 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 life um so it's the thing of like do you want to be outreaching and chasing everyone all the time like do you really want to put all your effort into fucking sending out blank messages that get ignored or bring people or do this shit when you can just speak about stuff tell a story a couple times a week or a couple times yeah once a day tell a story and no one cares if, if it's shit no. it's shit if it's good it's good no one cares but what that comes back then is sort of that inbound which for me personally, because obviously I do a lot of recruitment posts um, more than I do blockchain and crypto because I took it as in I want to grow a business more than I want to be seen as the best consultant in this space. And yeah. with that, so with having a lot of recruitment posts and people seeing what I'm like, or fantasy, seeing what my guys are like, having like a real clear view of what everything's going on, that we're not trying to hide anything. There's no smoke and mirrors, we're no. just open. It means that when people message me, they sort of have an understanding of what we are, who we are, what we're going to do. Well, I, I already know what your team look like. You know, I yeah. I, I can visualize the people because you, you fucking showed everyone. Like, whereas most agencies that say they've got 10 people, but you're like, well, I don't know any of them. Whereas, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you've got like a glass window into the, into the business almost. And it helps for especially, so what I've been having a lot now is a lot of like more, not senior guys. Senior guys, not that interested. So obviously a lot of them will be like, Jez is young. Um, yeah. doesn't matter how good he's doing. I don't want to be doing my boss, which is fair. Do you want? I don't care. Um, but a lot of guys are still like a year in and they're like, they're not, it's not that they're doing bad. They're not doing amazing. And they're sort of if and are in whether recruitment's for them, whether the company's for them. These guys are the ones that message me all the time and ask me stuff. And they're like, but they're the one that everyone says they want. Everyone yeah. wants someone who's been a yeah. year's training, who's done all right, who wants to kick on. Like that's what everyone says they want. And they're, they're the ones that message me because this is this that what they're more looking for. They're looking for something which is different to what they've got right now. Because if you want a big corporate job where the database is massive and you just got to sit around and ping emails around, fair enough, go for it. There's a lot of young people now that don't want that. They want no, an they easy, don't. like, not easy life, but a fun life, like a life mm -hmm. where they got control, not everyone else got control. And with my guys, it's, it's very like autonomous, they can go for it. Um, the only thing that I really do to keep on top of them is that I'm really big now on like check seats and pro productivity planners. So I've got like I get them to put everything on there. Like I mean, like their gym. Using what's so, that? Like, for example, like a Google Sheets. I've got a Google Sheets yeah. that's got like, everything on there of like stuff they want to do every single day with quantifiable numbers on it as well. So the, me and them decided what we're going to do, the numbers we're going to hit, what they need to do, what looks successful. So they've got it on this list, they've got everything on there, but I've got them to put their personal stuff in there as well. So they can keep a track of other stuff outside their life and see what's happening. So like, for example, like sleep or their mood or stuff like going to the gym, eating healthy, they, they track that as well. So they can see if there's a direct thing with their performance or whether some stuff's going wrong in work's affecting their life outside. So we can get an actual visual of what's happening. Because like, if someone's like, you might be smashing all of his work, He's fucking miserable outside, then that's not the point of the job. Like that's not no, what's meant to be no, happening. You're meant no. to be doing both. You're meant to be happy outside and doing well at work. So we can keep sort of track on it. And giving them actual quantifiable things. So like you have to put 150 people into a pipeline or whatever, something like that. They know if they've had a good day now. 
because the biggest struggle of a lot of young people is a lot of like early recruiters is they couldn't tell you if they've had a really good day or if they've had an average day or if they've had a bad day. And yeah. they just think they've done enough. When then a few months down the line, you realize you didn't do enough or you find out you should have been doing more. With these, it's very simple. Like they can do what they want, go where they want, but they know they've got to hit this stuff. And it's not hard KPIs, it's KPIs they chose and it's KPIs that they feel is going to make them successful, not just me spouting to do random shit. Yeah. Yeah. That, wow. I've never heard anyone talk about that in terms of, I've done that with my team on like a monthly or quarterly where you look at like the, you know, like almost like the wheel of life and you go, right, you've got your family, your friends, your food, your fitness, your health, like all your sleep. And you think about, right, how would you score them all? Because, but yeah, I mean, thinking about that on a daily basis, it makes sense, right? It really makes real yeah. sense. I had one of my, one of my team put on LinkedIn today. She's, she's had a really tough week and she, you know, she's done really well in my opinion. And I'm like, have I told her she's done fucking well? I probably haven't. Yeah. You know, I've, I've no, that's, that's that. if you forget, don't you? A lot of it. It's a lot of the, like the successes that you little wins as well. Like, because everyone celebrates the big wins. Like, someone's smashed their target, stuff like that. But for yeah. some people, it's like fucking, they, they've not had to take any tablets for a week or they've had good sleep or stuff like that. It's little stuff like that. It's like, oh, nice. Well done for that. Or they've been at the gym for seven days this week or something like that. It means a lot to them, like it, and it does. They don't. And it just will mean, have a knock on. It will have yeah, a knock no, on. And it will, and it will, and like as much as like it's, it's a weird thing to say. A lot of young recruiters have like a praise kink. Like they they want to be told they done well. Like yeah, no matter what I it is. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I was massive like that. I mean, I think that's probably the hardest thing about being your own boss. Like no one tells you. Yeah, you no one cares. Yeah, no, no one cares. I've, no one's I've ever like, oh, how are you feeling? How are you? Feeling? <laughs> yeah, no one cares. Uh, like, and it's that's a why I'm I have a personal coach I speak to, Ario. I, I had on, yeah. on the show, and I think the main reason I do is so I can have someone who can just praise tell me. me yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, and it's, and it's that thing of like, um, so when you're telling everyone else around your business stuff like that, no one gives a fuck. Like everyone yeah. thinks that it's going to be this big thing, and like in your head, it's your life, but no one cares. And like when yeah. everyone, like loads of people say to me, "Oh, Jez, so when you first started, you must have had like a lot of people saying shit about you being too young." You're not experienced, doesn't know what he's doing, he's, he's gonna be fucked. And I was like, honestly, no one said anything, no one give a fuck, no one cares. No, okay. Like, they keep yeah. up themselves, and that's it. But for Go some on. reason, everyone thinks it's everyone else. That's no the one. thing about personal branding that I, I always talk about. You know, it's like the your candidates and clients are the star of their own show, right? They're not, mm. you're not. So, if you if you position yourself on LinkedIn as like you, you know, it's all about you then they're not, they're, not, they're not bothered. Like, they're bothered about them. So you've got to appeal to understand. Like, the way you appeal to recruiters, you you talk in a way that they get it. Like, you relate to them. You don't just talk about yourself for the sake of talking about yourself. You relate it back. And everyone, like, we, I asked a question yesterday to the group. I said, do you ever go out and feel con conscious? And they're like, about, like, the way you look, your hair, your, your clothes or whatever. Have you ever gone out feeling like shit? And they're like, 100% I've gone out like that. Yeah. We all have. I'm like, yeah. but the funny thing is, you're so worried about what others are looking at you, but the other person's probably got something they're worried about. Yeah. So you, neither of you are even noticing each other's shit anyway. No, exactly. And it's just, it's such a weird thing to think of because like in your head, that's the only thing you think about is your life. But realistically, no one gives a fuck. Like you couldn't remember, <laughs> you know, like the bad stuff that happens to someone else. Like no one's something bad happens to you and you think this is tragic. Everyone's yeah. going to remember like you're, you're like life's falling below you. Yeah. Then you try and think of someone else, something bad that happened to them. You're like, you can't even think, you can't even remember it. Mm. So it just, yeah. it just goes because you don't give a fuck. And like, yeah. that's why a it's lot sad, of people, yeah, like a lot of people just overthink everything. Like with a post on LinkedIn, like to get my guys to do it, now they post every day. Um, mm. But at first, it was like, I don't know what to post. I, I don't know what, I don't know if they like it, stuff like that. I'm like, 
honestly, I, I literally said to him, I was like, no one cares what you post, if I'm honest. Like, especially you've just started out, just post something. And then now they're like, it's quite fun. It's something we do is like, oh, I've got a half hour, I'll do a post, I'll do something fun. That's and, it. And obviously we've got, yeah. you're going through the training now, which is the team out, which is going to be exciting. Yeah. I can't wait. What, in terms that. of financial, like what benefits do you think, or what quantifiable benefits have you got from the from the work you've done on LinkedIn this year? Um, I've done like three or four deals through it. So clients find me from, um, obviously just a lot of people like my shit and a lot of people share my mm -hmm. shit. Um, I've done a few deals for that, which is... And you've hired cool. you've hired people as well? From yeah, it. yeah. So um, all my hires are through LinkedIn. Mm. So that's all through that. I'm just doing posting, um, which is nice because I, I have tried to do Rec to Rec, but it's like, they're in such a difficult market at the minute, which is like, you, you without like downplaying it, you probably should just get an internal person and teach them mm. what you want because they've got so much competition. Like everyone wants a like someone from a Rec to Rec and they're going to share it with all their clients and you... It's a downhill battle, but um, so yeah, that, that LinkedIn has saved me so much effort and money. Because if you think, if I hired these six people, well, five people, then that would have been well, like the first four of them would have been like five grand a pop, the last one probably would have been like fifteen grand a pop. So yeah, so you're thinking like fifty, sixty grand I saved just by doing a few posts, and a lot of my posts don't even make sense. Half of my spell wrong, half of my speak about random shit, but no one cares. Yeah, but they're like, not. They're so genuine, though, mate. Like I. I, yeah. I'm like that. You go through my stuff and there's no grammar. There's no punctuation. Yeah. No full stops. I get errors all the time. I get people screenshotting them going, Sean, do you know what you've just written here? And I'll be like, fuck, I'm, I'm not the best. If I yeah. take my time, I can write, but I'm, I've never been that good. But that's kind of who I am, you know? It's who you are. Like You play to yeah. who you are. If you're obviously amazingly articulate, then your content should be. But people always say to me, like, how should I come across? I'm like, exactly how you want to come across yeah. in person be yourself whether you're if you're if you sound like you're an oxford grad be an oxford grad on linkedin if you don't 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 try and be someone else like it's just no point no definitely and that's why i feel like some of my guys and they like try to put some technical posts i'm like guys if you's not technical don't worry about it no one's expecting you to be technical yeah, yeah. Like, talk about what, we'll talk about the questions that you answer that you can add value don't talk about the yeah. shit that they know more than you but it's it's one of them things as well that it's like it ends up being quite a fun game of yeah. just like, oh, we'll see what happens. And you just, I'm, you're like, the only thing I found was when I first started getting a lot of likes was I kept checking. Yeah, I kept, yeah, I kept going like, wow, what about Yeah, yeah, you keep checking your views. You're like, right, let's have a look what views I go. You're like, that, that bit, I was like, it's a bit sad. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Well, the but funny like, thing is, it, you're like me. You say you don't use social media. I don't. I've got, I've got yeah. no, I've got like an account, but I don't have any of the apps. I don't look at them. I'm not interested. I don't like... My missus will post about us on Instagram and I'll do I'll just do a LinkedIn, but I'm not interested because I see LinkedIn as my business, as my future. I see it as my, you know, it's, it's a community I care about. Anyone I actually care about outside of work, I've got their fucking number. Like I don't need to, yeah. I can WhatsApp. In 2020, when, when Facebook exploded years ago, there was no WhatsApp. So you had to use it. I went traveling, you had to have it to speak to your mates at home. Like you had to have it. Instagram then exploded the, the 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 kind of natural voyeur of watching people, which I can see why it's so fucking addictive. Like I had Instagram oh, last yeah. year, and because of the story feature, change updates every second. You can literally check your phone every three seconds and see a brand new story, and it's like that's too that's much stimulation. What so, at one point as well was obviously because at first when TikTok came out, I was like adamant, I'm not going to TikTok. Fuck that, I'm not going to do it. So I was on Instagram just watching TikToks two weeks later. So like everyone else had the memes, and I was just there, like, yeah, now I've got it. Now I understand the joke. And then yeah. eventually got TikTok, and I absolutely hammered that. 
I mean, I was like, I've never tipped it. I do not. Oh God, you get in this like hole where you're there for four hours, and yeah, it's, yeah. they're fucking hilarious though. Like it's so yeah. funny shit, and it's such easy digestible content as well. It's like with some of the YouTube videos, when it says twenty minutes, you're like, I'm going in four minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven seconds, you're like, bang, 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 bang. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a bit much. But did you did you stop that on purpose when you started the business to give yourself that yeah. clarity? Yeah, it was more of um, a productivity and a sort of happiness point. Um, I wouldn't say it was bringing me down, but it was like, it wasn't adding to anything, if that makes sense. So it, it didn't make me happy seeing all of it. And probably one of the benefits I did found was that when I seen all the people, my friends and stuff like that, I had shit to talk about. I actually had something yeah, to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah like when I, when I was on Instagram before, I knew everything. Like yeah. I could meet someone's girlfriend for the first time. I already know where they were on holiday two years ago. Like, that's oh, fucking weird, isn't it? I, was, I went to Dubai and I went to, into a client, a new client office. And as I walk in, this girl goes, Sean. And I'm like, thinking it was LinkedIn. And she was like, no, she's from Sheffield. And she's my girlfriend's mate. Who, but they've not seen each other in years. And, but they'd been at a brunch three days before when I was looking after the kids. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, this is just fucked up. Like, it's weird. It's but they all socialize. It. I just see LinkedIn as like, for me, it's the best version. It gives me the most benefit, yeah. and I don't. I do, it doesn't dominate my life like I think Insta and TikTok can. It can be too, too like yeah. trigger happy on the score. Well, that's an, another so, thing as well with um, content that like a lot of people struggle with content. You've got to remember that a lot of these guys are not looking for you to be the information thing. They're looking for you to be like a bit of an entertainment for. Like, no, they're scrolling on their phone when they're supposed to be recruiting. That's yeah. that's all they really want from a lot of people. Like you don't like. There's going to be guys that are really smart. There's going to be guys that going to be really helpful. and going to be guys that will change people's lives. Nine times out of ten, you're probably not that guy. Just put something <laughs> that people like to see. Like, <laughs> Well, I like it. I, I, but then I'd argue not everyone's a comedian either, right? And that, that's yeah, the problem. True. So you've got you've got to play to you again. It's about, I look at it like a bit of personal stuff, a bit of humour, some value. I like to, I like to educate, and and anything I'm saying on the phone, I'll say on LinkedIn because I'm like, well, fuck it, I'm might as well share it. And then I like to t- talk about my clients and the successes and and prove that we're doing a good job. And that's the kind of combination I have. Um, yes, yeah. with that, um, some of the things that like obviously you taught me when we first started speaking there for that about because um, on LinkedIn I don't really do what I should be doing. Like, I don't really interact with anyone. I don't comment on anything. I just fucking post and leave it. But like now I'm gonna be taking stuff to other social media and like like in like Twitter. So obviously I'm not gonna do it for personal Twitter, but work Twitter. And mm. and with the I'm gonna put that as more of like my blockchain crypto space stuff where I go for it and actually yeah. then follow top guys, interact with top guys, like this shit, be involved in the conversations, get seen, stuff like that. I'm gonna do that properly. And like when people are like, Oh, the LinkedIn post is a waste of time, but if I got that good LinkedIn post, I could put that on Twitter or I could of course you can. That's why make I'm, it a but Whatever. if you're also, let's say you're tweeting on, you comment on someone's tweet, then you check them out on LinkedIn, and if then yeah. you know, it might be an easier route to DM them there. And you gotta be, you gotta be smart with them. You gotta be smart. A lot of different you, ways, mate. I'm, I'm out of time, and we're out of time. But I want to say thank you for the time today. I mean, I think I could chat to you all day. It's been hilarious, and, yeah. and it's <laughs> it's so different. Um, yeah. I look, you're, you're a million miles an hour. Your business is it's nuts, really, but I love it. I love everything about it. I think what you've done in six months is incredible. Well done. And I, you know, I know a lot of people in the sector. I speak to thousands of recruiters, and it genuinely is different, and it's and it's it's impressive. So well done. And what what I think we'd love to do is get you back on maybe in, in this time next year. Um, mm-hmm. Let's let's have a recap. I've done this a lot with other people. I want to find out whether or not you know 
it we're carries we're on we're on the same trajectory. And yeah, and 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 how you as a person cope because I think yeah, you know, you 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 go in different directions. There's going to be a lot of people messaging you, a lot of people to hire, a lot of people to. There's loads going on, and uh, but I wish you the best of luck. If anyone does want to speak to you, if anyone's listened and wants to work for you or just pick your brains. Are, they, are you okay if they message you on LinkedIn? Yeah, so, go for it. Yeah. LinkedIn or email. My email's obviously jez at scale-genesis.com. Go on my LinkedIn profile. You can see it in my bio anyway. Um, more than happy to speak to anyone, especially young recruiters. Um, I remember when I first started and everything, I used to message. It sounds gimpy as fuck. I used to message like people that I knew was like million billers and just ask them what they'd done. Half the cunts ignored me. Like I would yeah, say yeah, probably yeah. like nine out of ten because they were too busy billing. Like, they didn't have time yeah, to message yeah. me, but... Now I'm in the situation where I could help someone else. I would if there's any trainees want to message me and ask me anything about what I did, what I did wrong, or anyone think about starting out, just drop me a message. I've got time to make for little stuff like that. Um, I, I don't want to be in a situation or someone else be in a situation that I was where I not embarrassed myself, but I fucking made a bit of a prick of myself. But yeah, it's good. Mate, that's all anyone can ask for, a bit of time. And uh, I always, I, you know, I try and help as many people in it. And I think it comes back around in the long run. But look, well done. Keep in touch and we'll get you back on in the future, okay? Brilliant. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'll see you soon. Thank you, as always, for listening to today's show. I truly, truly hope that you got value from it. That's the only reason I take time every week is to ensure that my audience, future and existing recruitment owners are learning from each other to make this industry that I love so much stronger. Today's episode was brought to you by Hoxo Media. I am the CEO and founder of Hoxo Media, and we are the world's leading content marketing and personal branding agency for recruitment businesses specifically. So we are working with over 200 agencies and 2,000 recruiters right now, both managing the brands, producing content, building written video podcast content for niche recruitment agencies all over the world, as well as coaching at a desk level individual recruiters in your businesses, how to be better on LinkedIn. That's how to brand themselves. That's how to produce content. That's how to use the opportunity on LinkedIn to get traffic to their profiles and turn that into business. We're coaching people all over the world every single day. If any of that sounds of interest, please do visit www.hoxomedia.com or drop me, Sean Anderson, a personal message on LinkedIn. I would love to talk to you. Tune in again next week on LinkedIn. I'll see you soon.